from Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper from the 70s. One day, maybe, we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, hello. You know, I oh, have a- Oh, can you hear the echo? I can. I have a question for you. I can't tell if when you do the introductions, if, uh, you know, like the computer internet thing that we're going through is glitching and adding pauses into your speech, or if you're just adopting more of a, uh, a William Shatner cadence to the way you do intros. I think I'm getting a, a little bit of that Shatner, a little bit of the Gormley, a little bit of the Shatner. Right. You know, I, I like I like progressive icons for my voice models. Is it is it that like all of us white men are eventually going to acquire that William Shatner cadence? It's like these pauses that you take where you're saying something and then you have to stop for a moment to think about how life just didn't turn out the way you feel it should have for you. And then you yeah, move on. I, th- I think so. Yeah, you, you pause, you reflect on your life, but instead of actually coming to a conclusion, you just like think of people to blame. And then you keep going. Right, right. You yeah. put a pin in that in your head and you come back to that later. All the yeah. people you can yeah. blame. Exactly. Like, like I mean, like, like, any good, like any good middle-aged white man should do. Project your own misery onto anything you can find. All of a sudden, Gormley makes sense. The whole show. Oh, the whole thing makes sense. Also, he pauses a lot to fill in the time. Mm. So. Yeah, he's on what? For five hours every morning? Exactly. So when you're on the radio for that much time you get the idea yeah well then maybe we should have a meeting do we have an agenda do we have attendance we we have attendance which i shall now take okay from 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 like people with taste i will take attendance uh so first attendee is a uh, putty chanel no i don't think putty Ch- Definitely, they're not in the waiting room. They're not in here. No, nope. no, Pudi Chanel. Pudi Chanel, the inventor mm-hmm. of Chanel Five Percent, which is Five Percent Chanel Number no. Five, and ninety-five percent ethanol. Uh, oh, uh, Chanel was obsessed with creating a sweet-smelling uh, vehicle fuel. Oh, that, nice. Uh, yeah, that uh, that they described as quote driving on a cloud of elegance. Uh, regrettably, the addition of perfume to fuel uh, made it a prohibitively expensive, and also uh, damaged vehicles uh, significantly, and uh, several deaths resulted uh, from this. Um, Chanel herself proclaimed that the allegations were nonsense, and that uh, she would prove the worth of her fuel by quote touring the Dutch Antilles in her personal Bugatti which was built to uh, look like a bottle of Chanel number no. five. Nice. Was it powered? Uh, but, was it powered by her fuel though? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, however, uh, apparently she, she didn't make it to, um, to the Antilles uh, as the ship that she was uh, in carrying her car uh, herself and all the stock of Chanel 5%. Um, went down in a storm. Oh no! Oh, it's also possible she just used this to, uh, yeah, to use the, uh, the stunt as a means of getting uh, to the Antilles to avoid the law. Oh, because of all the deaths from the Chanel Five Percent. Because of the unfortunate deaths. Yes. Right. Now, did these deaths? Anyway, so. Um... Were, were the deaths related to like the fuel in the car causing something to go wrong with the car? Like maybe it sped up too much or it exploded or was it just, you would be fueling up your car and you would smell those sweet fumes and mm-hmm. you would be like, 
incapable of resisting and like squirt some Chanel 5% into your hand and like splash it on your, your neck and on your wrists, very dainty like, but then that would render you quite flammable. Yeah, that apparently was uh, in apparently 60% of the deaths. Yeah, that was the cause. Right. And, you know, we're wearing it uh, like that. Yeah. So they probably would have, they should have had like a label marking, like a a warning label that said, don't smoke after applying Chanel 5%. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they, they should have. But, they did not, and people died horribly as a result. That's tragic. Anyway, but uh, perhaps uh, she can, uh, it is tragic. But, I mean, good things can come out of tragedy. For example, um, Woody Chanel herself can, uh, can appear on our, on our show. That's fantastic. Except Pooty didn't show up. You know, um, oh, you know what? I think I know why. It uh, looks like I mixed up the letters in her name, so should be Paul Deshen. That's me. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you're here. Um, have you caused any unfortunate deaths recently? How how recent is recently? I don't know. Within the last five years. No, no, I have not. Oh, we're good. Good, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to like. Glad you had a very quick answer for that. Uh, uh, but have you have you imparted any sick burns on Twitter? No, sadly no. I may have thought I did, but I've been informed that I have not. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, you can keep trying. Okay. So maybe maybe throw some Chanel five percent number five percent on there. Okay. Right. Well, okay. So you're here. Um, next attendee is um, is Mando Gron. Nope, I'm not seeing a Mando Gron anywhere. Uh, Mando Gron, who whom you cannot see, uh, is a, actually he's a, apparently fictitious. He's a minor character from the Star Wars universe. Uh, he appeared in one frame in Attack of the Clones, um, but it's thought that actually it might not even be a, an actual character. It might just have been a reflection of another character uh, in that frame. Nonetheless, a huge fandom has grown up around Mando Gron. Uh, there are over 3,000 different fanfics, some of them epic in length. Uh, and recently, Disney execs uh, faced with like numerous death threats are actually uh, announcing a Mando Gron series. As well, they will be inserting Mando Gron scenes into classic Star Wars movies. Cool. That's exciting. Was there an action figure? I know, I know. Uh, there, there will be. There yeah. will be uh, tons of action figures for Amanda Ron. Um, because as we know, if, uh, if you're a member of a fandom and you shout loud enough and long enough, um, eventually you'll get what you want out of yeah. mega corporations. So yeah. you can validate your identity, apparently. It's amazing how powerful... Uh, uh, angry fans are now that they can they can push around the Disney Corporation. Right, it is it is amazing indeed, and the Disney Corporation asks for nothing but all your attention and your money. Yeah, in return. It's sad that these fans all they ever do though is like force uh, large corporations to do things like create series as uh, series for Mando Gron or um, I don't know. Uh, create new cartoons for uh, obscure uh, jokes in My Little Pony. Uh, But, you know, pushing a corporation to, you know, stop, I don't know, global climate change just seems to be something nobody wants to bother with. Right. Well, I mean, can you get an action figure out of, like, reduced emissions? I I don't think so. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. That's a very good point. The entire... The entire line of like emissional figures just bombed. So, yeah. If only Mando Gron had like an environmental streak, then maybe we'd see some movement. Right. 
if if only but apparently the uh, the some of the fix where Mando Gron wasn't like an outright grimdark fascist didn't do so well. So so I guess that's what we're going to get. Very strange that. Um yeah. You yeah. know I I I'd love to read yeah. Mando Gron. I'd love to read some Mando Gron fan fiction. Oh, the one where the one where he tracks down uh like uh Padawans and and like eats their beating hearts. It's a, it's a classic. And apparently that's like the whole first season of, of the show. Great. This is, uh, this is the thing I look forward to. Anyway, it's a shame. It's a shame we can't have him in the, in the studio because uh, we are unable to summon uh, fictional characters. Uh, and I sincerely hope we don't get death threats for our inability to uh, work magic. Uh, but I have good news. Uh, apparently I have, um, mixed up the letters in, in his name, uh, and it should be Aiden Morgan. That's you. Oh, okay, cool. That's me. That's nice. Um, I don't have any action figures. I'm sorry to tell the fans. And yet. I don't have uh, a Disney show. Not yet. But when I get my Disney series, it's over for you people. Oh, you know what? You know what I, I realized? I forgot. What did you forget? Uh, when I was talking when I was talking about Pudi Chanel and I said that her ship went down in, in like in a massive storm, I, I, I meant to say her ship went down like Batman in a massive storm. My bad. It would have been a great joke. It would have been. It would have been really confusing to anybody who's not in on all the discourse. <laughs> anyway, so we have, we have attendees. Do we have, do we have quorum? We do not have quorum. I'm sorry. I didn't think so. All right, then. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll soldier on, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got a bunch of stuff on tonight's agenda. And I just want to say it is going to be a nice and boring agenda. There is, uh, There were no seven or eight hour long council meetings spread out over two nights about any controversial uh, things that attracted uh, fascists from around North America to speak. So it's been, it's actually been delightfully boring at city hall lately. Uh, I was just going to say, I am, I am almost disappointed. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm sure that they're coming. It'll all come back. Um, That's right. uh, One thing I did want to talk about though is uh, uh, before we get into the city council news is I saw the dentist. Excellent. And uh, my dentist and I were talking, well, mostly it was the dentist talking uh, with her hands in my mouth and me just sort of like agreeing and slobbering and uh, wishing she would take her hands out of my mouth. Um, I understand. But my, uh, my dentist was talking about vaccines and uh, how frustrating she finds it that, you know, people who are like anti-science, anti-vaccine, sort of extending this pandemic for everybody, that if everybody was just to get vaccinated, got both shots, we could get life back to normal again. Hmm. And uh, she had this idea that I thought was great. She brought up, you know, the vaccine lotteries that some provinces are having, but the Saskatchewan is not having a vaccine lottery. Uh, she suggested instead of a vaccine lottery, what she'd really like is just to go out for dinner. And wouldn't it be great if instead of a vaccine lottery, that everybody in Saskatchewan who got their second dose was given a gift certificate that they could redeem for a meal at a restaurant somewhere in Saskatchewan. And I was like, this is a great idea. Like they could all, everybody could go to the rooftop cafe or the rooftop restaurant on, uh, on Victoria. Yeah. They could go anywhere. They could go in at five guys. Five guys. They could go to the Mercury. You know, there's the possibilities well, are not precisely endless because there are a finite number of restaurants in the province. But yes, it is, uh, it, I, I love this idea. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I would agree with someone, even if they didn't have their hands in my mouth uh, with, with like needles and drills. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with my dentist. That's right. Um, yeah, I did some like quick back of the napkin math. I figured that if you say restricted the program to everybody in Saskatchewan is 18 and over, for whatever reason, I just picked 18 as a cutoff point. Um, it would work out to about a $20 gift certificate to a restaurant for every person over 18. That'd be like a $15 million program. Mm. And that's nothing for the provincial government. 
And someone pointed out that to administer it, you could, uh, somebody on Twitter pointed out that it could be a thing where, you know, you would get your coupon, it would have like a code, and then the restaurant could apply that against their provincial tax, their PST, and they would just get a, uh, you know, they get an exemption on however much they gave out in free meals on their taxes at the end of the year. So it wouldn't even be that difficult a program to um, to administer. I would say, but there, there are other things you could do. For example, Instead of, say, a gift certificate to a restaurant, you could be given a free exemption to drive your car into Wascana Lake just sure. this once. Yeah. Sure. Oh, my God. They could give out real get-out-of-jail-free cards. Mm, nice. So commit the crime of – get vaccinated. Commit the crime of your choice. You know, maybe, for, maybe from a set menu of crimes. No, I was just going to say, we've gone from giving everybody in the province a nice meal to basically giving everybody a card so that they can participate in the purge. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought we would get there. If we talked about it long enough, we'd get there eventually. So I thought I would cut out the intervening, you know, <laughs> chat and just go right to sort of like state-sanctioned murder. Yeah. All right. I'm going to write this report up. And send it to upstairs and hope they can get it to the minister in charge of I coupons. <laughs> the Ministry of Coupons. But do you, do you want to know my opinion on why we're not actually offering like prizes or lottery things uh, in Saskatchewan? Even I, though I, Alberta and Man- Manitoba have done so? I definitely want to hear this. Because, because the opposition suggested it. <laughs> And and like a bunch of pingus, people in charge just said, "Well, now I will not do that." I think you've kind of nailed it. And I think I think honestly, if if Miley and crew were actually serious about the idea, they would have stood up in uh, during you know question period and said, "Whatever you do, whatever you do, Mo and and Harrison and all the rest of you, don't." don't offer any sort of like prizes of any kind or any incentives for people getting vaccines. Don't even think about it. I, I, t- I took a psychology course, so I know about reverse psychology. And I, I fear you've nailed it. I fear that that is exactly how the opposition should be running in this province, that they should be proposing the worst ideas imaginable so that ne- uh, there would be a knee-jerk reaction to do something good. Mm-hmm. It's sad. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead on the uh, agenda here because we've got about mm-hmm. uh, nine minutes left on this half uh, to something that came up at city council last week. But before I do that, I should say that we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR tuned into the community. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, there was this council meeting. It was Not long at all. The last council meeting was 90 minutes long. The shortest council meeting in years, I think. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Everybody got to have an afternoon, which was lovely. But at this council meeting, so they considered the public accounts. Uh, Often the public accounts get a whole bunch of questions about why did you spend this dollars here? And why did you spend these dollars over here? And uh, there were no, and then they always inevitably pass the public accounts without any changes or any, you know, anything productive happening apart from a bunch of questions. Uh, this time, no questions. They just passed the public accounts and uh, off they went. Uh, but they did uh, do something that I thought was fairly interesting. Uh, they, pro- they changed a rule dealing with discretionary uses. Now, discretionary uses are... We'll take an example of a house in a residential neighborhood. There okay. is a allowed height, say two stories for a house. Uh, there is a height above that that's discretionary where you can say, I want to go three stories, but that's a discretionary use. So then normally what you would do is if you wanted to build an extra, lo- an extra tall house, you would have to go to council and say, I want to build this extra tall house because I just want to let me do it. And nine out of 10 times council says, "Eh, yeah, go ahead, build your extra tall house. So that's a discretionary use above the discretionary use height, for instance, it's just not allowed in your zone. 
ah, there's this discretionary window. And they have these discretionary windows for all sorts of things, like certain zones you can't have, like an industrial zone, you can't technically have a place of worship. But we saw a couple of years ago that there was uh, an Islamic community that was having difficulty finding somewhere to have a mosque because, uh, you know, they'd been... They, they had land bought in the rural municipality, but the rural municipality right. said no. So they came into the city of Regina. They found some space in the tuxedo industrial park that they thought would work. And they needed to ask, you know, it was a discretionary use to put a, uh, a religious institution there. And they got approval for that. Uh, one of the things that happens with discretionary uses is that they almost always get passed because administration gets the application to do this discretionary thing. Administration works with the landowner or the developer and works out what they think council will accept and what they think works in the neighborhood. And then they do consultation with neighbors and, you know, do public notifications about this, uh, this application. And by the time all of that's done, administration has a pretty good idea what's going to work and what isn't. And they will say, okay, we, we will recommend this discretionary application for approval. And then it goes to council and 90% of the time council agrees with administration because administration has done the due diligence. Gotcha. So the change basically is going to be that on non-controversial discretionary use applications, the development officer, which is just somebody in the development department, uh, will just be authorized to approve the discretionary use and it won't have to go to planning commission and it won't have to go to city council. And this could save hours every month of council meetings time, of council's time, by uh, taking out all of these very routine uh, discretionary use applications. There are a few uh, restrictions. The development officer will have to, um, if there's more than say like five neighbors or citizens who write in to say, we hate this idea. This is, this is terrible. Then it would have to go through the whole process of going to planning commission and then to city council so that, you know, the people who have issues with these developments will, uh, will get their hearing. And we've seen this with, say, like the development on the corner of um, there's been developments in cathedral that were discretionary use that people were up at arms because the development was too tall or its parking allotment would be too big. And uh, these things have gone to council and sometimes council finds with the uh, developer and sometimes they find with the community. So basically that whole process is going to continue the same for anything that's controversial but uh, for these like sort of more run-of-the-mill routine applications, they're not going to be going to council any longer because this passed at city council. So that was about the most interesting thing that happened at city council last week. You know, sometimes I'm glad for, for meetings like this when we don't have to deal with interesting developments. And like you say, we don't have to deal with, you know, uh, like a... a, a continental cabal of fascists coming to coming to like rant about trans people so yeah, yeah it's great yeah it's nice to have a council meeting that doesn't require a trigger warning <laughs> yes that is nice or an expectation that you know the media has to wear diapers because uh, the things <laughs> are going to go on so long uh diaper warnings I, yes. I, I would i think they should just do that they should just have diaper warnings yeah, we are now up to uh, innovative revenue tools. Ooh, I don't suppose you have one. I don't. I don't suppose I do. Uh, do you suppose you have one? I don't have one. I'm afraid. What if there is an innovative revenue tool that was so effective, but so mysterious and difficult to grasp that it was like purely and so hypothetical that it was beyond like the reach of language? That would be the the innovative revenue tool for right now. Exactly. Like, you cannot describe it. You cannot even address it. You can only sort of, like, see the effects of it, which is revenue and lots of it. Right. And you're only really aware of its existence because it appears as a shimmer in your peripheral vision every now and then. Exactly. And there was there are rumors that actually that shimmer was trapped in a sort of a 
sort of a black sort of like obsidian box uh, by an ancient wizard. And that uh, we must go uh, and track it down in the heart of uh, a dormant volcano. Yeah. And once we do that and bring it back to the Queen City, that innovative revenue tool, whatever it is, will be ours. And we must simply put our faith in it. And occasionally sacrifice people to it, I think. Well, this is a great innovative revenue tool. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with this one. I won't uh, write a report on it because that would be futile. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, I mean, you, what would you say? I think we should just uh, will it upstairs. <laughs> exactly. And uh, maybe go on to the pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. Oh, delightful. I mean, they're at least involve language. Yes. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. Okay, we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Oh man, you mean I know my I know my innovative revenue tool, which I cannot even really refer to, was perfect, like you know, sort of like a, a platonic perfection. But those ones were also pretty good. They were they were better than adequate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, you know what we have not mentioned in a little while is how. Uh, we're being sponsored by the Warehouse Business Improvement District. We are. Yeah. They are, they are, fine, they are fine people. I mean, you want to know why they're so obsessed with warehouses and what are they hiding in them? Those are questions that need to be asked. Yes, and eventually answered. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, I think we should more just focus on the fact that we're grateful for their support. Oh, we indeed are. Of us and community radio writ large. In general. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Warehouse Business Improvement District. Uh, we hope all is well in the, in the Warehouse District. So, Aiden. Uh, oh. Interesting developments coming to executive committee soon. Do tell. Uh, we've heard rumblings about this for a while. Rumors, hints, rumblings amongst the underworld in the city of Regina that mm. the pickleball Illuminati and the skateboard mafia were coming together to do a big oh. project. I knew it. And we now finally know a little something about what is coming. And it's the can, sorry, the Canada Center Recreation Hub. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it would be a kind of like alchemical machine, but this is good too. Well, you know, there's going to be enough space for an alchemical machine oh, in nice. this building. Nice. I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Interesting that you happen to know how much space is required. Uh, makes me think you might be in on the conspiracy, but um, that's all right. I won't. I won't say yes. I won't say no. It's okay. I mean, you, you wouldn't want to. No, and I would of course not, not. I would not ask you to. Uh, yeah. So, what's coming forward to executive committee is uh, a, a request to approve two million dollars as a capital contribution. Uh, that would come from the Recreation and Cultural Capital, capital Plan. Uh, it would go to a building on the uh, Regina Exhibition Association Limited, the Everest Place campus, basically. Uh, it's a building that uh, is underused right now. It's just being used for, uh, like, there's a couple volleyball courts in there, but then there's a bunch of excess space that's only used during aggribition for things like storing animals temporarily. Uh, and there hasn't been money put into this building in ages and ages and ages. So administration figures it'll cost about $2 million to refurbish this building. And they're going to keep the volleyball. 
and they're going to, uh, you know, have an exhibition hall. But th- what they're going to do is put in a section of the building will be strictly for pickleball courts. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be a section of just like general sports courts, like basketball will be able to put, be played there. And then there will be a whole section that will be a, an indoor skate park. And it's been uh, since 2013 when uh, the building that the indoor skate park was, uh, they, they kicked the skateboarders out. Well, they didn't really kick them out. They just said, eh, this building is not so good anymore. We've got to take it down. Can you please vacate uh, so that nobody gets hurt? Sure. And so the, the uh, Regina Skate Coalition since then has been trying to find a new space for an indoor skate park. And, you know, this has come along finally, that there's this building that needed renovations and it's like the right size. And um, pickleballers, as you know, have been desperate for more indoor space uh, where they can do whatever it is pickleball is in their space. And now they're going to have that space. That is fantastic. I mean, pick, I mean, pickleballers and skateboarders, particularly pickleballers, I mean, they are known criminals. And this way, all the crime will happen in this one building. Right. They'll just, exactly. they'll just, cry, they'll just crime each other. Yeah. And, and it'll like, you know, and, and it, won't, it won't get outside. And, you know, all the crimed money and goods will just circulate around. So within six months, you'll crime like the stuff you cr- like that was crimed from you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually just looking at the design, that they, mm-hmm. the proposed design. Uh, I like that everything is called a barn. So you're going to have like the volley barn for the volleyball courts, <laughs> the skate barn like for, the, uh, for the skateboard, the court barn for the basketball courts, and then the pickle barn for pickleball. Fantastic. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's good that they've got the court as like this neutral zone between the skateboard mafia and the pickleball Illuminati. So that if there ever is a conflict, you know, it can happen there on the court. Uh-huh. Yeah. So phase one is the volley barn. And then yep. we're going to have the, uh, and the pickle barn is next, and then in fall twenty one we got the skate barn. Okay, I'm liking this. Yeah. Oh, and there's an exhibit hall. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure what they're going to exhibit. If, I assume that, that whatever it is, it will be very exhibition worthy. Perhaps you know the heads of their enemies. Perhaps. Oh, hey, and I can see from the plans here that there's going to be a concession, but two storage areas. And yes. that, that is where I can put my alchemical machine. Right. It's, um, do, do you, would you like to know a secret about my alchemical machine? <laughs> do I? It's, 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 not, it's, it's, it's actually a laptop, and uh, it, conver- it uses the ancient rich like, practices of alchemy to convert um, gullible people's credit card numbers into Bitcoin. Ooh. Yes. Or credit card info into, into Bitcoin. Really? You can do that with alchemy. 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 Yes, you can. Or, or just, you know, um, bogus phishing websites and so on. Right. Just like the modern alchemy. Right. So you're just going to be setting up some kind of like um, scam space. Yeah. Well, but I call it alchemy. Okay. <laughs> it's the new fraud. Exactly. The new alchemy. alchemy Same, old as- practice. <laughs> Same as the old fraud. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, uh, I should talk about where some of this money is going to be coming from. Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> because that's Thrillsville. Well, everybody wants to know where the money's from. Yeah. Um, there was $1.5 million earmarked in the capital budget 
for a playground and spray pad hub. And they're saying, the city is saying, screw those kids who like spray <laughs> pads. We're giving this money to pickleball and uh, skateboard park. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on board. Spray pads are just unnecessarily misty. Very misty, yeah. And they're just a place to, like, breed fungus that gets on children's feet. That's actually quite true. (laughs) And the fungus will take over everything if we're not careful. Um, Yeah, but the uh, justification for why they can afford to not build a uh, spray pad hub is that they actually have a few of them coming. Uh, The former Regent par three golf course uh, opening late in 2021 will have a playground and spray pad hub, which uh, I imagine at the time that the, um, the recreation plan was put together, that Regent par three plan was just a twinkle in the eyes of the people who lived near uh, Regent par three. So, uh, We'll be getting that playground hub. Also, uh, Wisconsin Pool, the augmented Wisconsin Pool plan, has a spray pad hub outside the fence. So that'll be like a free playground and spray spray pad near the new Wisconsin Pool. That opens in 2023. And there is a mysterious reference in this report uh, to administration having discussions with a corporate partner that is prepared to fund a large accessible playground for 2023 or 2024. Mm. So, you know, the, the pickleball Illuminati pulling those puppet strings to make sure they get their pickleball courts. That's my theory. Pickleball money probably funded by canola crushers and so on. Yeah. And well, big pickle. (laughs) <laughs> Big pickle, exactly. Yep. Dominating every aspect of our lives. Yeah. So I don't know. I think this is a great addition to real. I mean, this is the kind of, you know, million dollar plus uh, spend I like to see the city doing. Like skaters mm-hmm. having somewhere to skate in the winter. It sounds yep. great to me. I I completely agree. I think this is a great plan and I'm glad that they're moving forward with it. Yeah. And getting these like crowds of pickleballers off the streets, these pickleballing ne'er-do-wells who don't have enough to do with their time because they're all retired. (laughs) Exactly. So they're just wandering the streets looking for trouble. We've got to get them into some kind of recreation program so they can put those pickle bats to, uh, to better use. Exactly. So they're not terrorizing like the downtown area. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much it. Uh, We're going to have um, in our next meeting, we've invited uh, David Chapados from the Regina Skate Coalition Mm -hmm. to come in and talk to us in a little bit more detail about how this whole plan came together, uh, what we can expect to see from uh, the new skate facility, and just, you know, in general, uh, what is the state of the skate in the Queen City? That would be great. We should should actually say state of the skate as much as possible. I agree. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What else is new in the world of the city of Regina? Oh, um, well, we are on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, and we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Right. And we are tuned into the community. We are. Uh, So tuned in that we know that the city has a plan to put together a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. Uh, It's an advisory committee. The the city's advisory committees were disbanded years ago because they weren't doing anything. Uh, really, <laughs> really only the advisory, uh, the accessibility advisory committee was really functioning and, you know, sending a lot of recommendations to council uh, recommendations that were being listened to. Uh, the heritage advisory committee was sending lots of recommendations to council, but uh, those were not greeted with as much enthusiasm as accessibilities. Uh, 
ideas were. But uh, they decided to go through a whole revamp and revise of uh, advisory committees. So we haven't had any for a while. We just got um, an, an energy and sustainability committee that's uh, meeting. Uh, I can't remember what their official title is, but this will be a diversity, equity, and inclusion advisory committee. Um, the the goal will be to provide a forum where Black, Indigenous, visible minority, uh, 2SLGBTQIA plus uh, people, newcomers, youth, and uh, the seniors community can provide feedback and input into cities, programs, and services. Now, um, I, have heard, I have heard some uh, disquieting news about the committee, though. Well, what's that? Uh, Councillor Shaw is apparently very set on... Uh, having the statue of Sir John A. Macdonald serve on the committee. Ooh, as like council's liaison, maybe? Yeah. That might actually not be so bad, because I suspect he won't make many contributions. No, no, probably not. Yeah. I just, I, you know, you, you, but you, you got to wonder about the optics of it. True. That's very true. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how we can stave this off. Perhaps that could be one of their first jobs, is to uh, vote Sir John A. off the committee. I think that would probably be the the wise choice. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, that's a good point. I wonder if one of their jobs will be to uh, consult on where Sir, Sir John A. should go because he is currently in storage, which is good. I I went by that. Uh, by his former spot the other day and was very pleased to see the statue gone, the plaque gone. Just goodbye. So long. Yeah, I thought about like standing there in the Sir John A. pose just for a little while to to see what it had been like for that statue to stand there for so long. Mm. And then I thought, yeah, no, that's just kind of dumb. No, maybe we won't do that. Yeah. Uh, who is going to be on this committee? Well, anyways, it's in the very early stages. It's just going to be uh, talked about at, at executive committee, and then there will be a whole process to uh, go out into the community and find people to uh, take part. This Renewable City Committee or Sustainability Committee, I can't remember what it's called, they've had their first meetings, and I've heard that it's huge. It's like 40 people. Wow. involved multiple multiple groups this is very different from the old model where uh, advisory committees were very similar to committees of council like executive or planning commission where you would have four or five or ten people at the committee table um, voting on things uh, this looks to be more like i don't know a forum where you're going to have like lots of people. I don't know. I, I don't know how these are going to be structured. Surely they can't be working on a voting system. This uh, I suspect will be more of a uh, consensus, come up with reports, send ideas on to council kind of thing, because uh, 40 people, this is getting unruly, but uh, I don't know. It's an exciting time. Uh, I think advisory committees are something that has been missing at city hall because mm-hmm. I think more uh, anytime you can get like citizen experts on stuff, talking about stuff that they're concerned about because it's happening in their own city. I mean, that's great. And uh, it limits the need for all of these uh, out of town fascists to come in and tell us what we should be doing. Delightful. Yeah. It's, it's win-win. Last major item on the agenda is just Buffalo pound, our drinking water uh, factory. <laughs> Needs an upgrade. This is where they take the H's and the O's and they put them together and then they pipe them to us. Nice. I, I like the idea. I'm in favor of combining those H's and O's in just the right proportion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and then putting the result in, in a pipe and sending it our way. Yep. And I like, uh, they're not going with a P3 model. So with our wastewater treatment plant, it was a P3 model. So we actually have Epcor from Edmonton is 
cleaning the poop out of our water before we put it back into the stream. Uh, this is going to, they're going to, this is going to be all publicly funded. The city of Regina is backstopping a loan for uh, $44.4 million. That's their proportion. We, we, we're like 75% owners of Buffalo Pound. Moose Jaw owns the remaining part. So mm. we have to, uh, we have to put in the most money. Um, but yeah, it's good that it's not going to be like, I think people would be very outraged if there was an effort to privatize our drinking water, because, you know, if you have a private company doing this, they're always trying to cut costs. So where with a public company, you know, you're going to get H2O with a private company, they're going to like skimp on the H's and you're going to be getting HO and that's just going to be a disaster. Ugh. That stuff is the worst. Or they, instead of H, they come in with C, so they're just piping carbon monoxide instead of water. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want to. You don't want to mess around with your yeah, drinking exactly. water. You need you need the right letters. One hundred percent. A lot of the money for this is going to be coming from the Investing in Canada Infrastructure Program. So that's federal money. They're going to be ponying up $163 million. Uh, That's already approved. So we know we've got that money coming. And uh, yeah, the rest will be Moose Jaw and uh, uh, Regina. And uh, yeah, we're just borrowing the money because it's all got to get paid for by somebody. So it'll be coming out of your utility bills, as always. Um, as always yeah so that's about it Um, and we know how important having a good you know well funded water utility is because you know the city was almost flooded uh, from just one simple little rainstorm almost did us all in (laughs) it seems so well I mean it didn't like you know cars some cars under like the Albert Street underpass, for example. Yeah, which was, which was wonderful. <laughs> like if you take one look at it, you know, like, well, that that is clearly like that, that. There's clearly like an amount of water under that underpass that is greater than the depth of your average car. So why would you try to drive through it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they thought they could like skim across the surface. If they got enough speed. So, uh, yeah, one comment that I uh, thought pretty much nailed the whole situation was uh, Deanna Ogle, Wintercoat on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, commented, as someone who's lived in Vancouver for 20 years and Regina for two, I think I'm finally starting to understand how Regina people feel when it snows in Vancouver. It only started raining last night, and I'm texting videos of boat rescues to friends in Vancouver. <laughs> Rain Rainmageddon. <laughs> visited Regina and we just barely survived. So that's about it for the uh, the big updates from executive committee and from city council. Uh, I do have a little bit of personal news. Oh, do tell. My bike got stolen. Uh, was, it whilst you di- was it whilst you were dining? It was whilst I was dining. Oh. And uh, I was pretty annoyed that uh, my bike got stolen because I'd only had my bike for about six weeks. Uh, I hadn't even gone in to get the complimentary uh, tune-up from when you just buy it. You can take it back in and get a tune-up just to fix where it's stretched. I hadn't even had time to write down the serial number on the bottom of the bike. Oh, man. It did inspire me to uh, write a song. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to share that with you now uh, because – I'm not saying this is a good song. I'm not saying this is even appropriate to be playing on the Queen City Improvement Bureau. This is pure personal catharsis. Uh, <laughs> I, I just need to do this. So uh, here we go. This is an open letter to the guy who stole my bike. A new edition of the list of people I dislike. It's not a long list, but you're on it. Left me stuck here without any wheels And forced to confront a lot of complicated fields The horror's entries worth of impotence and rage the Embarrassing parts you stole in the daytime While I was home eating supper you were doing crime In my backyard loading your truck 
Like a lucky got the whole shebang To which I respond with a tarot bangs Like who the hell and what the fuck Now back to that letter to the guy who stole my bike I guess I should be flattered cause it's my bike that you like But it's hard to focus on the positive They tell me you can't set traps in your backyard No Kevin McAllister making life hard Prairie Mars Actually, in this town, cries more from drugs and gangs. The fact that invites more tarot bangs. Like, who's in charge and why does life have to bite? I mean, we should defund the police by a lot. But if I caught you with my life, I'd have called the cops. It's hypocrisy, but it's my bike. And I wonder if my kid had gone out in the back. And if he caught you in the act. He's ten. What would you have done? Would you have just run? That thought is all you've left behind. In the end, I can always buy a new bike Though I don't know if it'll be quite the bike that I like At least one of us will turn out fine Here ends my letter to the guy who stole my bike Still an entry on the list of people I dislike Forgiveness takes time That's it That was stolemybike.wow Yes Okay, I will, I will tell you something uh-huh. it, did not, it, it did not play for me at all Oh, no shoot audio. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. So. Well, but I didn't want to interrupt because obviously it'll come through on the on the program. But right. I would like to hear the song. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I'll send you the dot wav. Thank you. Much appreciated. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, my bike got stolen. I'm kind of bummed. I don't blame you. But on that note, uh, we are pretty much out of time. Well, should we uh, perhaps adjourn our, our meeting? Yes, I think we should. Well, in that case, uh, I unilaterally declare this meeting adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Tune into the community. Perhaps dialed in, I can never remember. Uh, you can hear us at 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings and rebroadcast from Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, we also can be found on cjtr.ca slash podcasts and on queencityib.com. Remember that Improvement Bureau, not Irritable Bowel. Advertisers go away. Uh, yeah, coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret, and then it's music all on through the night. Well, that's it. Keep on improving, Jack.